Good morning. Before we do the meditation together, I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about uh, practicing uh, with uh, mind states, emotions, moods, uh, these kinds of coloring of the heart and mind and body also. And so in the practice, um, uh, we bring awareness to uh, maybe the body sitting and breathing and uh, to the sensations, the difficult sensation we call pain. And we slowly, what we're doing is we're opening the field of our attention and maybe to include the whole of our life by the end of the retreat so that no parts are, are left out. Our, uh, our extraordinary attention can actually touch or be touched by any phenomena that is happening. Yeah? So we start a lot with the, we talk a lot about the body because it's always there, tangible. You know, it's either breathing, hearing, tasting, uh, being touched, tingling or pressing. And we include the fact that it might be pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. Yeah. And so this morning I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, emotions, moods, and mind states. So, and we've talked already about this and you're practicing with this, but just a few more words maybe again. And so, of course, as we sit here or walk, uh, the mind will be colored sometimes by different uh, qualities or visited by different uh, energies, we could say, that would be one way to talk about this. And in the practice of full consciousness, of mindfulness, we want to become aware of these qualities when they're present and absent. And one way is that the Buddha talks about this in a particular discourse that we like and on which this practice is very much based. On one of the discourse, when the Buddha talks about mind states, and when, he's, when we use this word, we refer to emotions and qualities of mind, factors of mind, like uh, patience, maybe, or concentration, or grief, or joy. Yeah? So the range is very wide of, uh, of these. But it seems like the Buddha is saying, when the mind is scattered, know that the mind is scattered. When the mind is gathered, unified, know that the mind is unified. And here I'm paraphrasing, but I have a sense that he would agree with me. When the heart is open, know the heart is open. When the heart is closed, know the heart is closed. When it's light, know it's light. When it's heavy, know it's heavy etc. And what I particularly like about this is, and you might have heard it, it, it doesn't seem like he's saying, when the mind is scattered, it shouldn't be scattered. You know? It's when the mind is scattered, no, the mind is scattered. When the mind or the heart is agitated, no, it's agitated. When it's not, no, it's not. So it's not saying it should be otherwise. It's saying, can you be fully non-judgmentally aware that it's just like this right now. And so I like this in practice for me. I sit here and I find somebody maybe sometimes that is troubled by something that just happened. And so I'll sit here and my practice is, oh, 
Here is a mind that is troubled, where there is confusion. Oh, let me feel this. The feel this is the instruction on how to work with this. And so the feel this, the way I would say it is feel the texture of this mind state. When there is calm, it's a kind of a different, different inner landscape, you could say. Landscape of calm, it's a certain geography to it, or geology, or however you go, flora and fauna. <laughs> yeah, when the mind and the heart is calm, when it's uh, maybe light-hearted, oh, it has a different texture to it, a different feel to it. What do you mean, Pascal? I mean, even in the body, it's going to feel different. If I sit here and I'm triggered in some way, fear is present or anger is present, it feels different maybe in the throat, in the chest, in the belly. So in our work of meditation, we want to bring attention to this, become aware like, oh yeah, I feel it's hot in the face. It's pulsating a little more intensely than when there's an other mind state. And so I can feel this, or, oh, the body feels light. It doesn't feel like I have to carry it. Sometimes contentment, concentration, delight will do this. If it does it a lot, you might float above us, you know? But you could feel this. Sometimes I sit and suddenly the mind is not all over the place. It's gathered and whoops, there's a kind of even a realignment physically. It's like, wow, I don't have to work to sit. It's, it's, it's doing some, it's part of the mind state that suddenly it's like, oh, so easy to be in this body right now. Oh, look at that. The mind is really quiet and open and kind of gently or jo- almost joyfully curious. Yeah. And so as you sit here, pay attention, discover the breath, hear the sounds, just be aware that you're sitting in this room. What will naturally be revealed is the quality of the mind that is there, or the quality of the heart that is there. So become aware of this. Try to see if you can name it. And sometimes there's nothing that is outstanding. So you might say, there's no word to describe, but sometimes you go, oh, I'm a little interested right now. There's, a, there's this interest, there's a little energy of wanting to be here. And sometimes you sit and like, oh, the quality of mind is disinterested. I'm not interested in this practice right now. Feel that landscape, that texture. Yeah. One thing I really like to do with this is to not be, understand really well, that's kind of what we call wise view, wise understanding, that this is not personal. This is just another phenomena of nature a natural thing that happens. Sometimes the mind is agitated. Sometimes it's preoccupied or uh, obsessed. Sometimes it's uh, open, released, uh, easeful, light. And so there's nothing personal about it. It's the human nature, nature, Even sometimes I like to think about these mind states or emotions or moods that come through, you know, as a national park or, uh, yeah, national parks. Yeah, that's what you have in the state, national parks. So if you're in the national park of Yosemite, it's a particular landscape, 
if you're in the national park of uh, uh, the one I like very much is uh, Joshua Tree. It's a very different landscape. So if you sit here with some anxiety, it's a particular rock formations, you know. If you sit here and enjoy, it's a whole other national park you're visiting. Sometimes you are visiting Yosemite, sometimes you are visiting Yosemite. Nothing personal about it. It's a phenomenon, it's human nature. And so in this way, we don't have to make it personal and I shouldn't be like this, or it describes me, I'm so quiet, I'm the quietest here, you know. It's not like this, ah, quiet. Quiet has a certain feel to it. Can I discover it? And you might so feel it in the body, feel the texture, maybe you can discover the texture in the mind, the kind of landscape, how it... These are my words, you're going to have to find your own experience in there, I'm trying to pass something on here. But that's something we can become interested in, the presence of, the absence of, you know. And it, uh, it can inform a lot, there's a lot of insight that can come from there. One thing we'll see, probably, is the fluctuations. This is going to fluctuate, you know. I'm going to be here quiet, and somebody will make a noise or do something, and then whoops, irritation will arise. Irritation will be followed by guilt or self-righteousness. And then suddenly there will be renunciation. I'll let that one go. And the quietness will come again. And maybe it will turn into something sweet. And then fear of losing it. Do you see what I'm talking about? And so sometimes we can find it, we can feel it, and sometimes we can't. But we can certainly be curious about it. So as we sit here, we just feel the breath, hear the sounds, and at some point it might become clear. Oh, look at that, I just caught one mind state. I'm just feeling one. Whoa! Let me feel it. It might be pleasant or unpleasant, or neither one or the other. But you might feel it. Oh, yeah. Fear is un- anxiety, slight anxiety is unpleasant. Can I allow it to be there for a moment? Because it's a phenomena and I want to get to know it. Often I don't want to feel this one and I want this one, you know. But now it's just more like, which one is here? Let me feel it. Okay. Let's start with this, shall we? So find the posture that will be uh, good for you for the next, uh, maybe uh, 25 minutes or so. Again, you don't have to produce mind states or emotions, qualities of mind. When we sit here, we're just curious, interested. We become receptive. And just feel the body sitting and breathing. Or hearing. And for some of us, it's already going to be pretty obvious. Okay, this is a grumpy mind. 
let's discover how it behaves, a grumpy mind. Or if it's a grateful mind, or heart, you can become aware of this, or calm one, or closed, or numb, somehow. See if you can allow it to be just as it is. It might be very neutral, nothing outstanding. That's okay too. This is how it is right now. You don't have to think about this, solve this, or dig, reflecting about it. Just by staying connected to the world of breathing, of hearing, of sitting, the mind that is meditating is being revealed. Notice the quality of attention. Is the mind attentive? Or is the attention a little uh, intermittent, shaky? Maybe it's well established. If you want, you could invite a friendly attitude. Sometimes the mind is malleable, pliable. We can suggest, oh, could be good to have a little benevolence in here. And whoops, it appears. Sometimes the mind is a little bit more rigid and it just doesn't answer like this. So you can become aware of this, the presence or absence of goodwill or kindness. And then you can return to the anchor of the belly rising and falling or the hands touching. emotion is uh, difficult to feel and intense, you can also somewhat move away from it a bit, 
by bringing the attention in the toes where maybe there's no no such intensity or in the earlobes as uh, Madeleine was suggesting Emotion is difficult and intense. Just touch in very lightly in the epicenter, maybe in the heart or in the throat. Just go there for a moment. And then come back to the toes, to the hands, the fingers. And find rest and resource yourself there. there is a lot of thinking going on, maybe you could see if you could drop the thinking and just discover the mind state underneath. The uncertainty or the sadness or the excitement. And see if you can feel it just as it is without the words.
her allies here are really the senses, the sense doors. Stay close to the sense of touch, the sensations in the body, or the hearing. From that connection, all the rest will be revealed. The state of your mind and heart will appear in the connection with the breath, the sensations, or in the listening. Again, discover if the mind is available to what's happening right now, receptive, or if it's caught or lost. Just become aware of this, no judgment. It's just factual. Oh, it's a little caught. It's very receptive. Is there some kindness in there or not right now.
can feel the texture, if that word works for you, of the mind, the inner landscape, for a little while. And then let one of the senses be known again. hearing or the sensations of the body sitting and breathing. Sometimes the mind is caught in the desire for something else to be happening. Or a little more of something it wants. If that's the case, become aware of this. Sometimes uh, the heart-mind is resisting something that is felt. it's the case, just notice this. Oh yeah, it's resisting the sensation. It's fearing it. Or maybe not. Sometimes the mind is a little dejected, or it might have confidence in it, or courage. 
Notice if the mind has abandoned the meditation or if it's forcing or maybe it just has the right amount of energy not abandoning, not forcing. You can become aware of this, not think about this, but feel into it. And again, return to hearing, sensing. Thank you. <clears throat> Sometimes when the bell rings, the mind state changes. You know, suddenly, whoops, something relaxes. Ah, and then we can become aware of this. Oh, maybe I could invite this quality of relaxation earlier. You know, at the beginning of the sit or during the sit, like, oh, ah, some better inner conditions to be here. So we have a few minutes for uh, questions about practice, if there are any. Maybe about the practice we just did this morning, maybe focusing a little bit more on mind states, moods or emotions, or anything else about being here, practicing together.
Wow, I'm really happy everything is so clear for you guys. <laughs> yes. I'll be taking the questions this morning, oh, if that works for you. Okay, okay, thank you. Yes. Mm, thank you. So the question is about first the comment is uh, um, uh, your grandmother grandmother passed away uh, last March, and so emotions come related to this maybe. And is there a particular type of meta that one can do for somebody who has uh, passed away? Actually, there's not a particular kind of meta that I know of, but. Uh, to allow oneself to have somebody to mind and heart, like I would bet you do, you know, to have this person be there and with uh, these wishes of their well-being wherever they are. And that's a little tricky because it kind of can open the mystery to what happens, you know. And so one wants to be really careful not to go into discursive thinking and bring the fear of like, oh, I don't know what happened to people. And so one has to really like... Uh, bring the mind, like aim the attention in a certain direction and, and sustain it in this way. So be very clear as you start, like, oh, I'm going to be holding grandmother in my heart. And it's really the caring aspect that I, or the appreciation for who this being was, you know. And also apart from the, maybe the meta is the grieving process, if you allow me maybe to say a few words on this. And so, uh, something that I find uh, touching in the text is that the Buddha was known to be somebody who was fully awakened, the heart completely cleared. When uh, the two best friends of the Buddha died, the Buddha uh, reportedly, again I wasn't there, but reportedly said, it's as if right now, it's as if the sun and the moon had disappeared. So, reporting on an experience of grief, you know, there was a sense of loss, loss. And one of the nuances, maybe something we can release is, sometimes we have the cling, like we want this person to be there. We want, this can be a certain kind of pain. There's another one where we can let them go and feel the loss and the sadness and allow this to be felt, you know. And today, as I was talking about emotions and mind state, grief is certainly one of them that we'll encounter in our life in probably a few occasions, because that's what happens. People come and go, things come together, and then this band dissolve. So uh, we can take it as an opportunity to open the heart, to keep the heart balanced. So how can I do this? Make be gracefully, and most of the time it's not graceful, <laughs> you know, all the time. But we can say like, oh, let me take this on, let me be with this, and allow this. So maybe in the walking, you'll be walking with this loss, you know, and treat it with great respect, you know. Sometimes we want it to, okay, it's enough, you know. I've, no, this is what's here now. Let's uh, honor this. Let's be... Uh, uh, 
soft, kind with this, and also balance, not fall into despair. Just stay like, oh, this is something very hmm, rich, very worthy of my attention, you know. And then you'll see also, as you have noticed, that sometimes, whoops, it disappears completely. It's not there. I tell a story sometimes of a, one time I was in a grieving process sitting outside here. It seems like I'd been in grief for days, you know. And at some point they rang the bell for the lunch and I knew there was pizza. <laughs> and I just like stood up, you know, and <laughs> like pizza, you know. And then I was very surprised, like, oh my God, there's no grief at all for like two seconds, you know, it was completely absent. And then I was like, oh, okay, so it is fluctuating, it is impermanent, it seems like really there and solid and the only thing, but there is, the mind can go in another direction pretty quickly, you know, and whoops, then it came back, and then I had to take care of it, you know. But to allow this also to happen, yeah, thank you, thanks. Yes. I, um, I really like that meditation very much on the, on the state of mind. I felt like during this period, I felt almost like a, a, a scientist because I, I thought, here's my chance to kind of get even with Mara because the demon that gets me all is, is sleepiness. So I really kind of went through an inventory of, of when I'm alert and my meditation feels good. I know you're not supposed to label, but when it feels good and I'm focused, um, like, what do my knees feel like? What is my spine doing? What is my eyebrow? What is my face? You know, doing a checklist of all these things. So then when sleepiness came, when I started to nod, I thought, oh, I can trick because now I can make the eyebrows do that and the spine do this, whatever. And it, it, was, it was really helpful because then I immediately sleepiness went away and I tricked it into being <laughs> alert. So my hope is that I can do that other things when I'm not on the cushion and I'm out and about my life and doubt sneaks in. Okay, so I uh, helped you learn how to trick mind states. <laughs> and sometimes it will work, and sometimes it won't. Uh, so to be, and can we be okay with a little sleepiness visiting that doesn't go away with my tweaking it, you know? <laughs> and that's also the art of meditation. Can that be okay? That the mind is. Uh, and uh, particularly with sleepiness, in my practice, I've seen a lot of uh, monastics, uh, you know, go like this, you know. <laughs> and so it made it allowable for me also to experience this. And sometimes what I see is that there's a 15, 20 minutes of like... <laughs> and I can make it not be a problem, you know, just feel the heaviness. You can even stay there, you know. And at some point you might see, and that's what we want to see in meditation, is how mind states, and I include this in mind state, fluctuate. So suddenly like, whoa, refreshed mind. Look at that. This is a very different landscape again. And I can be aware of this. Oh, it doesn't have the heaviness, the fogginess to it. It's, it's, it's a little different. It's kind of open, clear, you know. Oh. And that, that will probably pass also, because there'll be a mood that will swing in, you know. And can that be okay also? So the tweaking, and sometimes the tweaking doesn't work. And we have to be with things as they are, you know, because we don't have the control all the time. Thanks. Yes. So the more I practice here, uh, the more creative ideas I'm getting. And 
I'm working on a couple of writing projects. You know, I put my books away, I put my notebook away, I'm not, I'm not writing at all while I'm here, but you know, most writers would kind of kill for these opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm working with, okay, hey, that was great. I might make a great chapter. I'm just kind of putting it away, and maybe I'll never remember it ever again. But that's scary, right? Yeah. Because uh, and I found that I can't force creativity. Yeah. You know, so when I'm back in my real life and I have an hour to write, like, that's the hour I have. Yeah. Maybe nothing comes. Mm -hmm. Oh well. So it's. Can you comment on that? Yeah. So um, what you're saying is that uh, creativity comes in this environment for you, and so ideas, creative ideas, and for a writer, as I understand it, is. Uh, this is very rich. You really want to hold on to this because, <laughs> you know, a whole book can come to you or a chapter or like something organized presents itself in a creative way. And so trying not to read and write while being here. But what do you do with this? Because that brings some insecurity. Will I uh, be able to have access to that idea, a particular idea again, or does it go away? And yeah, I feel for you. <laughs> and um, here we're particularly interested in seeing the disappearance of things, you know, and how things are, are shaky in this way, uncertain. They appear and disappear. They're, they're flaky in a way, you know. And so, and it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it can be a difficult encounter to see like, oh my God, you know, things come and go, you know, and they're fleeting, they're ephemeral. That's really part of the nature of this world, you know. Things appear, they seem solid, and whoops, they're completely gone, not accessible anymore. This kind of insight into this is known to be deeply liberating for the mind, you know. So in a way, you let go of a certain thing, the chapter of your book, to have possibly a liberating, in, although maybe painful, but liberating insight into things are incredibly ephemeral. This is deeply touching, maybe troubling for a while, but also when one aligns themselves with this, it becomes like, oh, that's the nature of this world, that health is ephemeral, that friendship encounters success, ideas, you know. So here that's where we really want you to gain access to this because we know it's going to change your heart, you know. It's going to make you some somebody... Mm, that can contribute even more than what you already do, you know. Um, this being said, you're also noticing what are the some of the supportive conditions for a creative mind, you know. And so you're building these qualities here, you know, of to gain access to to create the conditions for the mind to be creative, you know. When you when we think about not thinking inside the box or being creative, for me it means, it seemed to be talking to me about deep listening. You know, that if my mind is has assumption as usual, is habitual, is systematic, it's going to be really hard for this mind to be creative in the way to solve problems or write or paint or, you know. And so what we're developing here is a quality uh, listening, receptivity, that's probably going to help the writing later. That's my guess. I don't know if it, that's a 
satisfying answer, <laughs> but that's what I could offer. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have to stop now for the, um, the Q&As, but uh, maybe you have a group this morning, and we'll do more tomorrow morning. And uh, um, and so maybe uh, one thing. Oh yeah, there's a few announcements. Um, we would need two practice leader maybe to come on stage and ring the bell at the two next sit because we're having group meetings and sometimes they run over a little bit and we want you to feel very safe that there's somebody here will who will ring the bell at some point you know and so uh, it would be it's a good if you have a sleepiness issues that's a good place to be <laughs> usually keep, keeps you a little awake you know but so if somebody would uh, want to do the next sitting, sit here, and we might join at some point. But um, I can feel a hand is about to raise. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chance. Yeah. Thanks for the next sitting and for the one after. And that requires you to not have a group this morning for the second sitting. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Um, also, always in the bell ringing uh, chapter this morning <laughs> is uh, there's a 345 um, bell that would happen if somebody was willing to do it for the next uh, two days and that would help the community so there's a you know bell ringing sheet outside where people sign up at least there's one little gap there that needs to be filled and so one could really enjoy running around the center, making noise. You know, that's an unusual thing to do here. And so I feel, I knew it was coming from there. <laughs> My God, I'm getting psychic. It's time to stop. Anushka's group this morning, this, our second group at 10.45, will happen this afternoon at 3 o'clock. So it's moved in time a little bit. So double check well, second group of Anushka. Is there a little words of wisdom you, before <laughs> we're thrown out of this owl? Words? I don't know if they're wisdom, but... <clears throat> so one thing about today, I, I was reflecting that um, is the continuity of practice. And I, a, a friend of mine once gave me a t-shirt from being in London that said, Mind the Gap. And that's when you go into the train station and there's like that, you know, you could fall through <laughs> if you didn't watch out. So it's really important to mind the gaps today. And one of the ways we can do this is in the walking. So you can notice if you're walking and you always, you know, get lost when you see the bulletin board. You just spend like 10 minutes there. Or maybe reading all the, the people who have donated um, food you know, meals here. So see if you can notice where the gaps are and then check back in to the fact that you're walking. Maybe it's when you go into your room. Who knows? Or maybe it's when you stand up to go to your walking path. And one thing about um, mind states is if there's one when you're walking that's visiting, 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 you might just want to stop and just open to it, like Pascal was talking about it this morning. Or if you feel like you're sinking, a great way is to throw the mind state up into the air and then to walk right through it. Try it.
Anyway, have a good day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.